Amidst the chaos of a raging fire, a lonely man stood outside his burning apartment building, his life's possessions threatened by the merciless flames. Firefighters arrived just in time, pulling him to safety. But as the inferno roared, one firefighter, Steve, made a daring decision. As he prepared to rush back into the building, his comrades yelled, Why, Steve? It's too dangerous. With a determined look, Steve responded, I've got to save that Bluetooth speaker. An episode of Memory Arcade was playing, and I love that show. I need to hear those stories. Risking his life for a simple Bluetooth speaker, Steve dashed into the inferno. Moments later, he emerged, coughing but victorious, clutching the precious device. That crazy son of a bitch is fired now. But the lonely man, grateful and touched, smiled as he realized that sometimes it's the smallest things that bring joy, even in the face of catastrophe and idiocy. It's time to drive into a world of memories at Memory Arcade. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Memory Arcade Podcast. I am your host, Ben. It is just about midnight on a Friday. Um, I'm just getting, you know, just starting this episode. Uh, As you're hearing me talk right now on this episode, uh, I'm trying to make a decision. Should I keep going with this episode or should I just, I don't know, do something crazy? Should I just like hit the pause button and just I don't know, just kind of go out, leave the house for a little bit, you know, because I've been trying to think of some ideas for this or some, you know, some stories, kind of clear my head up. I'm like, man, what am I going to say on this that I didn't say on the last episode? I mean, do I need to drive around town aimlessly? Do I need to look for some sort of inspiration? Do I need to listen to some synthwave music or maybe some oldies, maybe some, maybe some Eddie Money or something and kind of clear my thoughts, clear my head, you know, um. I mean, should I just, I don't know, should I go to the bar? Should I go, should I go break up bar fights or go break up street fights? Or um, should I like, I don't know, help the police do something? I don't know. Should I be helpful? Like, should I um, pick up trash alongside of the street? Probably. Um, well, I know. I mean, I needed, I, I needed something for this. Otherwise, I'm just talking on a whim here. I don't really have a lot prepared to say for this. So I guess I'm going to do what I do on all my other episodes. I'm just going to go with the flow and see how it turns out. I mean, I guess I could go to Krispy Kreme, see if the, you know, the hot grill sign is lit up. But a lot of times when I do that, I still don't get any donuts because I've never had a donut at midnight before. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't ever want to try it. It doesn't mean that, you know... It doesn't mean that I judge people for for doing that. It's just that I haven't done it yet. So maybe I should go do that. But I'm not because I can't make up my mind. I I uh, but I'm not. I can't be eating donuts at midnight. Uh, so um, there's really not a lot to do at night if you are by yourself. There's really not a lot of options. You're really, the only thing to do is to work on a podcast, which is what I'm doing right now. So I guess I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick on this. I'm going to stick with this episode. I'm going to stick it out. 
I'm not going to go out for a drive. I'm not going to go uh, stop bar fights. And I'm not going to um, cause trouble. And I'm not going to get donuts either. I'm going to work on this podcast. Um, we are on episode 8 of Memory Arcade. This podcast is already growing faster than I thought it would. I want to say thank you to all my listeners. I want to say thank you for all my supporters. Um, and you know what? I just want to thank everybody that even just like, I don't know, just looked at my podcast. Just kind of, if you saw, you know, if you ever saw my logo, if you ever saw the name on anything, and you just stopped and looked at it and you're like, Memory Arcade, what the fuck is that? I thank you. I thank you for having those thoughts, you know, because that means I got your, you know, I got your attention, even if it was for a quick second. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Like I said, we're on episode eight and I got a great story coming up. This one is called Party Trick. Um, Party Trick is about a guy who does a line of cocaine and then tries to show off by doing something incredibly stupid. In order to impress a woman. You know that classic formula. For a great story. That's almost accurate. Except the cocaine part. There's absolutely nothing to do with. uh, There's absolutely no cocaine parts in this story. I just thought that was pretty. You know I thought that would be funny. To add to the description. But um, yeah. So this is going to be a great story. As always. I hope you're somewhere comfortable. I hope you're somewhere relaxed. Sit down. uh, Pour yourself a nice tall glass of bourbon or some Mountain Dew or maybe even if you're really wild you get some wild cherry Pepsi and you enjoy yourself so sit down and enjoy this story so this first one is called party trick here's a story once upon a time there was a guy named Tom he had a reputation for being nice but when it came to matters of the heart he couldn't catch a break Tom had been rejected more times than he could count and got friend-zoned everywhere he went, leaving him with a heart that had seen better days. However, he had always been a determined soul, and he firmly believed that someday he would find the girl of his dreams to be more than just friends with. He wants to be able to get in their pants, too. One autumn evening, Tom received an invitation to a Halloween-themed house party. It was the kind of party where laughter echoed in every corner, people trading uncomfortable jokes, and the music was so loud it shook the floor and pissed off the neighbors. Tom knew he had to go. After all, the love of his life might be there. And wants to get in her pants. As soon as he entered the house, He spotted her. She was the girl of his dreams, Lisa, dressed up as a pair of pants. Her laughter like a melody that he couldn't get out of his head. She was talking to another guy who was dressed up as a t-shirt. And Tom's heart sank. Jealousy surged within him. And he knew he had to do something to stand out, to get her attention. Tom looked around the room, searching for an opportunity. That's when he spotted the long, elegant stairwell that led from the upper floor to the main party area. An idea flashed in his mind. He decided to perform a daring stunt, sliding down the handrail to impress everyone. 
especially Lisa. With newfound determination, he announced to the crowd, Watch this, everyone. Time climbed up the railing, positioning himself to slide down with style. The music paused for a moment as all eyes turned toward him. Tom pushed off and began his descent. For the first few seconds, it felt like the plan might actually work. People started to cheer, and even Lisa, in her pants costume, glanced his way. Curious about the commotion, but then things took a disastrous turn. As he moved further down, Tom's attempt at a graceful slide turned into a nightmare. He lost his balance and started tumbling down the rail, hitting each step with a resounding thud. It was a painful, cringe-worthy journey, but miraculously, he managed to reach the bottom without serious injury. He sprang to his feet, determined to shake off the embarrassment and impress the girl. However, to Tom's dismay, the only person who didn't seem concerned about his mishap was Lisa, who had chosen that very moment to leave the Halloween party with the other guy. The pain of rejection stung. But just as he was about to give up hope, he noticed a kind and familiar face in the crowd. It was Emily, Lisa's best friend, who rushed over to check on Tom, making sure he was okay. Her concern was genuine, and in that moment, Tom felt a connection that he had never felt before. The embarrassment of his failed stunt was overshadowed by the immediate chemistry between them. They started talking and their conversation flowed naturally. Emily, Emily's warm smile and friendly nature put Tom at ease, as he soon realized that he had found someone who had appreciated him for who he was, rather than for a daring stunt. As the night went on, Tom and Emily grew closer, forging a connection that neither of them had expected. Sometimes in life, when we chase one dream, we find another waiting for us just around the corner. Tom learned that night that love can be surprising, unexpected, and far more rewarding when it's genuine and unscripted. The failed stairwell stunt might have been a disaster, but it led him to the real treasures of the evening. Emily, the girl who appreciated him for being himself, she may not have had pants on for him to get into, but it turns out that she doesn't need them. For the moment they're about to share together all right so this story okay so this story was ridiculous so you got there was a guy named tom who strikes out all the time with the ladies um i guess he's very used to getting you know to getting rejected or in his words he says he gets friend zoned quite often he likes to uh he described or he's described as a nice guy in the story and all he wants to do is just go to a party where, you know, everyone's just having a good time and he can get into someone's pants. He's a nice guy trying to get into someone's pants. So um, it doesn't sound like a nice guy to me. But anyways, so he wants to go to a party because he finds out that his crush, Lisa, is going to be there, who he says is the woman of his dreams. And it's going to be a Halloween party and it's going to be a lot, you know, it's going to, it's one of those, one of those parties that you just don't want to miss. Everyone's going to be at, especially if it's a chance to 
get with you know get with his crush Lisa. You know, so he goes to the he goes to the Halloween party. He doesn't say what costume he's wearing, but uh, turns out Lisa is wearing uh, her costume is a actually a literal um her costume is literally just a pair of pants. Uh, so anyways, um, so he's at the, he's at the party, and you know he kind of notices that Lisa is downstairs, and she he sees her talking to another guy who's dressed up as a t-shirt. And he gets up, you know, he kind of panics. He's like, you know, that guy's here. He's going to take my crush who I'm not really with and probably doesn't even know I like. He's going to steal her from me. So I got to do something. I got to act fast. I got to do something stupid right now. And he is trying to think of like how he can get someone's, how he can get anyone's attention or how he can get her attention and, and stuff. And the first thing that you know that came to his mind was you know what there's this freaking handrail that goes all the way down to the bottom to the party area i'm on you know so i could probably just slide that and just look so fucking cool doing it that everyone's gonna stop and look at me and they're like yeah dude that dude is cool as fuck and then all the ladies are just gonna throw themselves at him like that and then especially lisa lisa was gonna be like was probably gonna like not even talk to that other guy anymore because she's too focused on a guy that is capable of sliding down a handrail in front of, you know, hundreds of people at a Halloween party, you know, so that was his plan in his mind. That was great. That was a great plan. So, you know what? He was like, I'm going to take a shot here. You know what? I'm going to call my shot. I am going to tell everybody that I'm going to slide down this handrail. Why? Because, well, to them, I'm just trying to be cool or, you know, I'm just trying to display or I'm just trying to show off my cool party trick that I have zero experience or practice at. And I'm going to do the most dangerous thing that I can think of to impress everybody at this fucking party. So he, um, so he does it, you know, he's, he calls his shot. He raises, he says, Hey, everybody look at me. I'm about to slide down this handrail. And that's what he does, you know, and it, it goes, you know, he's got everyone's attention. You know, he has, uh, including Lisa at first and it's, it's, you know, he, he, he possesses himself and he goes down the rail and then everything is, is fine at first, but then he, you know, then quickly, you know, things aren't going so well for him. He's, he's, he falls off the rail and he starts, uh, crashing down the stairwell Hitting his, you know, his face, neck, and back on each in one of the steps on his way down, and it, they these were loud thuds too. I mean, he could have honestly did more damage than what he did, and it's actually a miracle that he didn't die. And you know, he came out completely okay though. He came out completely okay, and you know, he he was like, "Damn, I just embarrassed myself," and then. He looked up and then he realized that the girl that he, the reason why he did that fucking trick in the first place, Lisa, wasn't even paying attention to him. She didn't even give it, she didn't even care that this dude just literally almost broke his neck at this party. She was more invested into this guy that was talking to her and she ended up leaving. She She's like, I don't even know who this dude is. It just fucking flew down the handrail and fucking crashed and, you know, crashed. You know, 
and just freaking, you know, wrecked himself at the bottom of the stairwell. I'm going to leave this party because I'm tired of these freaking shenanigans that are going on around me. And she left with the dude. She didn't give, she didn't give a shit about, about Tom. And Tom saw that and, you know, his, his heart was broken. Um, but you know what? That's kind of what you get for showing off and doing unnecessary things. You know, like there's, um, there's so many better ways he could have went, you know, he could have went about that. He could have just simply walked down the stairs and just started talking to her. You know, it, a lot of people may frown on it. Some people call it cock blocking. I just call it jumping in on a conversation. You just go up to people as they're talking and you just kind of intervene and you just try to throw yourself into it. I know that sounds, you know, that might get you beat up, you know, but I think I would rather do that than uh, get beat up by, you know, a stairwell, you know, trying to slide down a handrail and embarrass myself in front of hundreds of people and possibly breaking my neck. I mean, shit, if you're going to take an ass whooping, if you're going to get wrecked, you might as well just go up to, you know what I'm saying? Go up to the couple, go up to go up to Lisa, who's talking to another dude, and interject and say, hey, I'm throwing my hat in the ring here, too. You can talk to me, too. You can talk to me now instead of this, this you know, this fucking dude who's dressed up as a T-shirt. You know, so, and also, you know, paying attention to the outfit, she was dressed up as a pair of pants, and then this dude that she was talking to was dressed up as a T-shirt. Sounds like it's a it's a perfect match. Maybe they were already a couple, and Tom really misread the room, or he really kind of misread the situation here. Um, and he is definitely a dumbass if that is the case. But um, anyways, so you know, thankfully, you know, to um, you know, for for Tom, his lucky ass, he got help by a lady named Emily. Is her name Emily? What was her? What was her name? Yeah, he got help, you know, by a girl named Emily, who just so happens to be Lisa's best friend. And she was actually very nice. She was very concerned and she was genuine and she was really trying to help Tom, you know, kind of get up and kind of dust himself off. And, you know, he was embarrassed, but, you know, she went up to him and, you know, she gave him attention and, and then everything was fine. And then a, you know, then a, a special bond kind of because of that, you know, he kind of looked at Emily a little different. She was like, wow. He's like, who is this woman that just like came up to me and was like immediately like concerned about me and actually cared about my well-being and stuff, even though I just probably did the dumbest thing you could possibly do at a party. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Emily did that. And now they're, you know they have a special bond and, and things, they are into each other. They like each other. And that's the story. They, you know, the end the story, you know, with, you know, Tom embarrassed himself trying to impress the wrong girl, a girl that he probably never had a shot at to begin with. You know, he, he did that. He embarrassed himself. He probably caught, he caused himself a lot of pain going down those stairs and, Emily, though, was like, I'm single. I'll come help your house up off the ground and you can be with me. She didn't know, you know, she didn't know that Tom was just literally trying to impress Lisa the whole time. But like when people are doing dumb shit like that, there's a reason for it. 
People don't do dumb shit just to do. I mean, some do, but a lot of it is usually always, always, always because of attention. And, you know, this is, you know, and I think kind of, I think Tom fits the bill of that description of that, you know, the attention seeking, you know, he's, he thinks he, he thinks he's nice. He's not, you know, he thinks he's nice and he, you know, he talks to girls and he gets rejected and he's always getting friend zoned and blah, blah, blah. But then he goes on to say that he's just trying, he, he wants to be more than friends with somebody. He wants to be in their pants too. Well, if you're going out with that in your mind, with that, you're probably not going to be successful nine out of ten times. If that's really all you're interested in, you know. So you already got your you already got your head in the wrong place there. Um, you're already losing there. And then you then he decides to you know instead of doing the um, most common sense thing is is when you see somebody you like and you're interested in. Typically, most people go up and talk to that person, and he did not. Um, he was just like, you know, I am going to try to impress everybody at this party. I'm going to get their attention, and I'm going to slide down this handrail. That is what's going to put my name on the map. That is what's going to make me popular, and that's what's going to make me get Lisa. And he was, you know what, though? He might have been onto something. If he would have successfully did that, Say he did not wreck. Say he did go down the handrail. They probably would have clapped. They probably would have clapped. They would say, oh, wow, whatever. And then, you know, everybody would have came up to him one at a time talking to him and, you know, talking about how cool it is. But I think, like, I don't know, five minutes later, I think they would have moved on. I think they would have completely forgotten about it. I don't think Lisa would have gave a shit either way. I mean, honestly, he did. Actually, I think he what ended up happening was the cooler result. Him almost dying was actually probably a cooler result than him successfully going down the handrail. Because nobody's going to remember that. No one's going to remember that he successfully, you know, he went down, slid down the handrail and then didn't fall. But what they are going to remember is watching him bounce and all those thud noises he was making it one step at a time, you know, going all the way down. They're definitely going to remember that. So... Maybe he did kind of make a name to him, you know, make a name for himself. Not to Lisa though. Lisa could fucking care less. She's uh she's interested with this, you know, she's invested with this other guy, and that's all she cares about. She doesn't even know who Tom she probably doesn't even know who Tom is. So, you know, moral of the story is is don't be doing dumb shit to try to impress somebody. You know, people know when you want attention. People know when you're desperate. People are, you know, you got to give people credit. A lot of people are really good at reading the room or good at reading people. They can just, they just know, you know, we have experience. We've been, you know, they've been around, you know, especially, you know, if you're around, you know, an older crowd or people your age, they have the same amount of experience as you do with, you know, with people. They can just tell when you're just seeking attention and your actions aren't genuine and you're just being a fake and you're just trying to get in their pants and you're just trying to just do all this extra shit instead of doing the, instead of taking the proper steps that would get you where you want to go. You're just doing all this, you know, fucking nonsense, you know, fucking knock that out. 
And there's nothing nice about that. There's nothing noble about that. You know, if you want to, you know, slide down handrails or do all these crazy party tricks, you're going, you're, I just don't think that you're going to get the result that you think you will. This next story dives a little bit into the supernatural world. Uh, this this next story is um, not the usual kind of stories that I like to tell on this podcast. It's unique, and I'm hoping that it's inspiring for some. If you are a regular drinker or a regular bar patron, I hope that you find some um, hope you find some relatableness to this story. This story is called Supernatural Bar Fight, and it is absolutely nothing like you've ever heard of before. This story is going to really just make you wish Halloween would get over with already. Here's the story. John was so damn drunk at the local bar, where he often found solace in the amber glow of his whiskey glass. His days had become a blur of work, solitude and late nights at the dimly lit establishment. He had been drinking heavily for hours, the weight of loneliness hanging heavily on his shoulders. He sat alone at the corner of the bar, lost in his thoughts, yearning for something or someone to change his life. A woman walked right up to him and asked if he wanted some company, but he was so damn drunk that his blurred vision made it seem like she had eight chins and six eyes. He thought she was ugly, so he wasn't interested, but he had always imagined that one day a beautiful woman would walk into the bar and turn his world around, rescuing him from the depths of his solitude. And then, as if a twist of fate, a group of mysterious women entered the bar. They were accompanied by a few men, who seemed like a couple of dirtbags, and the moment they stepped inside, an air of enigma enveloped the place. Their presence was magnetic. And John couldn't notice any of it because he was too damn drunk. The women confidently ordered drinks and their laughter echoed through the bar. They were enchanting, alluring, and they seemed to have the power to captivate everyone around them. John wanted to leave, but he wasn't fit to drive and also didn't want to go home to his empty apartment. He decided to step outside for a cigarette, hoping to clear his head and gather his thoughts. As he took a few puffs and exhaled, a plume of smoke into the night air, he felt a presence behind him. A beautiful woman had approached out of nowhere, and she was looking at him with an empathetic gaze. Why are you so dumb, and why do you smoke and drink so much? She asked softly. Startled, John stammered, Ah, I don't know. It's just a way to cope with everything, I guess. And I'm not dumb. I just never turned in any of my homework assignments when I was a kid. She nodded understandingly. They began to talk, and John found himself opening up about his life, his struggles, and his bad habits. She listened intently, and then started offering advice on how to overcome his loneliness, how to mend his relationships, and how to find purpose in life. As their conversation deepened, the mysterious woman's words resonated with John. She seemed to understand him in a way no one ever in a way no one ever had. But before he could ask her name, or how she knew so much about him, she turned the conversation to a more sinister topic. The women inside the bar, she said, 
They plan on poisoning the bartender tonight, so their men can rob all the cash registers. You need to stop them. John's heart raced, and he couldn't help but ask, How do you know this? Without answering, the beautiful woman suddenly vanished into thin air, leaving John standing alone in the dimly lit alley. With newfound determination and a sense of responsibility, John stumbled back into the bar. He approached the bar discreetly, slurring his words, warning him about the impending danger. Together, they devised a plan to thwart the criminal intentions of the mysterious group of women and their male accomplices. But amidst the chaos and the confrontation, John found himself face to face with the male accomplices who had planned to rob the bar. Fueled by adrenaline and a sense of responsibility, he fought back against them by waving a paper towel holder at them, determined to protect the patrons and the bartender from harm. The room crackled with tension as a supernatural battle unfolded. The benevolent ghost woman who had guided John now fought against the malevolent apparition who had allied with the living criminals. It was surreal clash of the ethereal and the physical, a battle of light against darkness. It was a surreal clash of the ethereal and the physical battle of light against darkness. The good ghost woman had the evil ghost woman in a chokehold and slammed its head on the pool table repeatedly and then stabbed it with a pool stick before bashing it over the head with the with the bar's 85-inch TV. After getting the worst ass-kicking of its evil lifetime, the malevolent spirit was eventually banished, disappearing into the unknown. The room felt lighter, as if a heavy shroud of darkness had been lifted. In the aftermath, the bar's atmosphere shifted once again, from fear to gratitude. John, the bartender, and the other patrons couldn't believe their eyes, still processing the surreal events that had unfolded. The supernatural intervention with the benevolent ghost women fighting alongside the living against malevolent spirits left everyone in the left everyone in awe. It was a night that would be forever etched in their memories. A night where courage and the unlikeliest of allies had prevailed against the forces of darkness. The bar once a place of danger and chaos, was now a symbol of resilience and unity. And John played a crucial role in its transformation. A hero in an unexpected adventure that had forever changed his life. But then, John woke up from a deep, long slumber on some woman's couch in her house. He then realized that he must have passed out drunk at the bar. And the, last, and the woman that he saw with the eight chins and six eyes let him sleep on her couch. Then she walked into the room to offer him breakfast. And John quickly realized that she doesn't have eight chins and six eyes anymore. In fact, she's not ugly. She's quite beautiful. After John's powerful dream and the random woman's act of kindness, he vowed to never drink so much again. At least, not until there's a three-day weekend. The end. Okay. Alright, so we got a guy... I believe, yeah, we got a guy, his name is John, who is quite a regular at this bar that he goes to, and he drinks too damn much. Uh, he has, obviously, has a drinking problem, and a lot of that is in large part because of the loneliness that he's been dealing with and struggling with. And, you know, he his way of coping with his problems is nothing surprising. It's nothing out of the usual. This is actually a, a pretty, you know, a very common coping 
strategy or you know coping mechanism and then that is to you know go to the bar and just drink your fucking ass off i feel like a lot of us we all either you listening or you know you know someone that has been like this before and you know so he's just at the bar he's just so damn drunk he's just like you know like he's out of it and He's just like hoping that someone would just come and save his ass and just save him from his problems and make him happy and make him not want to drink anymore. But until then, he's just going to just absolutely uh, let himself go and just let himself just go, you know, inch further and further into the dark and absolutely do nothing else to help with it. But you know what, though? Maybe he's tried. He he, he's probably tried a lot of things. He's probably seen a therapist. He's probably talked to a counselor. He's probably tried going on several dates. He probably wants to hang out with his friends. They're probably also busy. He's probably just done everything he thinks he can. And right now, he wants to sit at this bar because that's the only thing he can control is just, just go to a bar and just, and just drink. Drink, you know, just get so goddamn loaded. And I'm not going to fault him for that, you know. So that's what he's doing. That's how he wants to, that's how he's spending his time. Well, you know, he's really on the inside. He's hoping that anyone, someone will come in and help him and save him. But, um, you know, a, a woman did walk up to him, but he was, you know, you've been there. You've been drunk before. You get the blurred vision. You're not really seeing straight. You know, usually, though, you know, they call that beer goggles where when you're drunk everybody normally looks a lot better but in this case john everybody looks a lot worse because he's seeing like multiple of everything on people's faces he's seeing eight chins six eyes who knows how many ears he was seeing he was seeing multiple you know he was seeing um this every, everyone just looked just super ugly you know so um you know, so this woman who was trying to be nice to him looked ugly because he had blurred vision because he was drinking so damn much. And he was kind of an asshole. He was like, you're ugly. I don't want your help. I don't need you. I'm not interested. You know, so, OK, so that happens. And then, you know, a group of people walk in and a group of people walk in and, you know, they're mysterious. They, you know, they, they they're, there's something off about them. There's something not right clearly that um they put a certain energy into the air that just tells you that they are up to no good and possibly a crime is about to take place and john is like you know what i'm drunk i don't i don't want to deal with this but i can't go home because i'm not fit to drive and i'm so i'm so glad that he had that at least he was aware enough to know that that he wasn't fit to drive and then he went outside you know took a puff of you know of a cigarette and then suddenly, a ghost woman just absolutely came out of nowhere and started talking to him and asking him, like, man, why are you drinking so much? Why are you smoking? Why are you so damn dumb? Like, what is going on with you? Like, man, you got to have it bad when you got supernatural characters coming after you and saying how dumb you are and talking about how much of an idiot you are. And to be honest with you, I think he kind of deserved that. I think he deserved that criticism. He's got to hear it from somebody. I'm glad this, you know, this ghost was just like, you know, normally my job is just to make it seem like I'm not here and you don't notice me. But 
I can't take this anymore. This motherfucker is so fucking dumb. I got to just go up to him and be like, dude, what are you doing? Are you trying to end up like me right now? Do you want to be a ghost dude? <laughs> Do you want, are you trying to kill yourself? But, um, you know, they were talking, he was giving her, you know, she was giving him advice on how to cope with his problems and how to, you know, how to handle his lonely, his loneliness and how he needs to just turn himself, his life around. And I don't know what she said to him about all that. I kind of would like to know that myself, be honest. Not that I'm a drinker and not that I'm a, you know, you know, I deal with any kind of stuff. I just feel like that would just be good to know. You know, that's just good stuff to know. I mean, if you're dealing with these things, you need to understand and learn how you can handle these things, how you can manage through these things, who you should go to for help and just be educated on these things. Uh, you should always do that if you're, you know, if you feel like you're in a place of um, where you feel lost. But uh, this ghost woman didn't really give a lot of detail or the story didn't give a lot of detail about what the ghost woman said to him. But apparently it was it was enough because, you know, he was really listening to her. And and um, yeah, so but anyways, things took a sinister turn when she revealed that the people in the bar were planning on poisoning the bartender and, you know, robbing the cash registers, you know, and then that's when, uh, what's this fucker's name? That's when John, you know, he was like, oh, dang, I need to do something about this. So he walked into the bar. He, you know, well, he was stumbled into the bar because remember, he's still drunk, slurring his words, surprised the bartender understood anything he said. And, you know, and he was telling them like, hey, these people are in here are up to no good. They're going to poison you, possibly maybe even kill you by poisoning you. And they're going to, you know, they're going to rob the place. And then, you know, that's when uh, chaos erupted. A fight broke out. Uh, the 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 bad crowd tried to fight John. And John was, you know, dumb, John's dumbass was waving a papal towel holder at them. Uh, absolutely doing nothing uh doing nothing um but and then all of a sudden an evil uh an evil spirit ghost woman came in and was also attacking the bar but thankfully the good ghost woman was still around and she fought off this evil ghost woman pretty good i mean she gave her a pretty uh, good ass beating i would say it was pretty impressive uh, i mean you know she took her head she bashed it up against the pool table several times stabbed her you know with the pool stick and and just whooped her fucking ass i mean even threw a 85 inch tv at her she gave her an ass kick that is that was pretty pretty impressive so uh that happened and then you know save the day and then everything's all great and then you know the spirits all go away and john was looked at as like a hero and, and everything was just fine and stuff but uh but then John woke up. He realized that he had been dreaming this whole time, that he was actually in a drunken slumber, passed out on some woman's couch. And then he quickly realized that he passed out on the couch of the woman that initially walked up to him and asked him if he wanted company. You know, the one that he thought was really fucking ugly because she had six eyes and eight chins. And then, you know, then, you know, he saw her. He saw her sober and was like, dang, she's actually, uh, she's actually pretty hot. You know, I actually like her, you know, so that's how this story ends. That's how this story ends. I have a few, I have a few problems with this story though. 
I mean, I like the uh, the message. I mean, I I have a few problems with this story though. I like. I mean, I like the message that it's sending, but John needs to wake up and smell the roses sometimes. Like, just because you don't think someone's pretty or attractive, it doesn't mean that you can't be nice to them. You know, you're sitting there, you know, you're complaining that you're lonely and you don't have any relationships or any friendships and stuff. But is that really the issue here? Is that really the case? Or are you not getting the attention from the people that you want attention from? You know, you being picky, like, because that to me sounds like that's part, that is the issue. It's not that you don't have anyone and it's not that you're not getting any attention and stuff. You're not getting the attention from the people that you want attention from, which is, you know what, which is not solely bad because everyone has the right to decide who they want to spend time with and who they want to to commit to and have relationships with. But you know what? You don't have to fuck everybody you know of the, you know, like you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to be, a. it doesn't, have, you don't have to be romantic with everyone you know. You can be cool. You know, if you're a guy, if you are into the opposite sex or into the same sex, it doesn't matter. You can be friends with anyone, anyone. And it doesn't mean it has to go anywhere further than that. So when someone's trying to help you out, you just got to wake up, smell the roses and be like, hey, shoot, I'm fucking wasted right now. I'm drunk. And, you know, and then, you know, the fact that he was thinking that, like, She's ugly. He wants no part of her. He's going to go outside and smoke a cigarette by himself. You know, I, I just don't like that. I don't like that attitude. That's not the right attitude. And, um, so, you know, and then, you know, but then he's talking, he's talking to this, you know, this ghost woman who's offering him advice and, and, you know, that, that part of the story is really cool. I like the idea of it, you know, like, I like the fact that, cause sometimes you got to face the truths. You know, sometimes you are, sometimes you're going to, you have to hear what you don't want to hear from someone, from probably the most unlikeliest people. You know, sometimes the people closest to you, you know, they care about you and stuff, but we don't all always tend to, um, you know, listen to advice. You know, we think we say we are, but in the end, we're just going to do what we want to do. And then that's all there is to it. I've been guilty of that. Several people I've seen, I know, are guilty of that. And it's that's just how humans are. But you have to, sometimes you just got to hear what you got to hear. And you got to face the truth. And that's just what happened here. And then, you know, then this happened, you know, then a supernatural bar fight broke out. Uh, but none of that really matters because this was all a dream anyway. It was all a dream anyways. And John quickly woke up on this couch, came to his senses, and realized that he was a fucking idiot last night. Not only with how much he was drinking, but how he first treated the woman who ended up helping him by letting him sleep on her couch. You know, so um, I hope he kind of realized that not everything that we want or that we're looking for is going to come in ways that we expect. And you should never drunk. You should never judge someone's looks when you're fucking loaded, when you're fucking wasted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you shouldn't judge anyone's looks, anyways. Okay? Be nice to everybody. Be cool with everybody. And uh, yeah, so 
that is the moral of the story. So that's all I have for that story. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, uh, I hope everybody, you know, I recorded this, you know, just a few days before Halloween. Um, it's a, it's actually a Saturday and, you know, I'm a little late getting this episode out. Usually I have this out by now. If it's, I usually have this out by very early Saturday morning, but you know, life happens and, and all that. But, you know, I'm, ex- I'm expecting quite a few of you, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, probably uh, planning on attending some Halloween parties tonight. Uh, I just hope everybody stays safe, make great decisions, um, you know, just enjoy the people you're with, you know, enjoy their company. Uh, you know, that just kind of just take it all in because that's what parties are all about. They're all about, you know, they're not all about impressing people or getting people to like you or making them laugh and it's all about just being comfortable and just enjoying yourself you know enjoy other people's company and i just i hope if you're listening to this if i just you know i don't care if you're going to a thousand you know a bash where there's going to be like 28 kegs and everyone's going to be drunk and bonfires and there's absolutely madness going on or if you're just sitting at home and you're just, you know, hanging out with a best friend or hanging out with a boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or a husband. And you're just enjoying some, you know, maybe enjoying some scary movies together. Or hell, you may not even like Halloween. You're probably so ready for this fucking holiday to get over with. You're anticipating Thanksgiving. And nobody honestly really, uh, I take that back. Actually, I do anticipate it because, you know, I like to eat. So, yeah, I am actually looking forward to Thanksgiving's. But anyways, that's besides the point. I hope everybody um, uh, enjoyed this episode. I want to say thank you again for uh, clicking on me and giving me a chance. Um, Yeah, so uh, shout out to you. I appreciate you. And please look for me on all my social media uh, stuff. I am BennyB278 on TikTok. Also got another account where I do dad jokes. If you you like dad jokes and, you know, really bad jokes, uh cheesy uh if you have a really bad and cheesy sense of humor you're going to love my other tiktok account called the last option and then also memory arcade on facebook memory arcade on x formerly known as twitter don't have an instagram yet um yeah so just look out just look on me there you know you know shoot me a follow send me a friend request send me a message if you have any questions i would love to um answer them and yeah let me know how you what you think of this podcast let me know um you know just let me know i want to hear from you i would like to hear from any of you that would be great but um anyways enjoy your enjoy your halloween party weekend don't do anything dumb stay safe make good decisions if you if you um if you feel like you are not fit to drive you're probably not uh you just are not and yeah i want you know just i just want everyone to stay safe out there i'm going to quit talking now and yeah so enjoy your day enjoy your weekend and take care later